0: Hour three of the program, Coach Show will have his conversation with Mike Dettelier and Bobby Hebert a little bit later this hour. Sports Libs, Glenn Gilbo of USA Today in the uh, Gannett, Louisiana, to talk some LSU football in just a second. You know, it's, it's interesting this time of year, it happens every year, where it's kind of overreaction season for football fans. Just got done two hours talking about how every little thing that the Saints do or don't do, is turned into an absolute crisis, like a code red crisis. Well, Taysom Hill throws an interception, regardless if it's his fault or not. Oh, watch out. Saints give up 34 points in a preseason game when most of their first and second stringers either aren't playing or not playing much. Oh, watch out. Saints defense is going to be terrible. Drew Brees, a couple interceptions in practice. Oh, man. Watch out. Same things happens with LSU. In fact, you could almost say the same thing happens with LSU to a greater degree. Joe Burrow didn't practice yesterday. Oh, boy. Watch social media light up. Defenders don't practice a few times last week. Oh, yeah, it's crisis time on LSU's campus. Everybody's waiting for that game in Austin against Texas, and right now Tiger fans salivating over every little morsel of news they can get from LSU football camp to help us sort out reality from, well, the hype or the overhype or the overreaction is, as promised, Glenn Gilbo of the Gannett, Louisiana and USH Day out of Baton Rouge at LSU Beat Tweet. Glenn, how you doing tonight, buddy?
1: Good evening, Seth. How are you?
0: I'm great. And kind of like we introed there, seemed like uh, LSU fans in full crisis mode when Burrow didn't practice yesterday. He was back at practice today, Glenn.
1: Uh, I'm not sure. No, he was not at practice today. As far as as far as I know, he's supposed to be back uh, later in the week. But it's uh, you know it's a minor injury, and um, Coach O, unlike a lot of coaches, has been pretty accurate when he and candid. And truthful when he talks about injuries, so uh, you know I do think it was a minor injury. and He'll be back uh, pretty soon.
0: So what are you seeing at camp? I don't want to—I don't want to spoil or poison the well here with you. What's standing out to you, good and bad?
1: Well, you know I, I don't—I don't think the injuries are, are very significant. Um, the um, in a way, it's—it's it's a good thing that some of the injuries are not to veterans like Grant Delpit because. If I had to pick one player who probably doesn't need to practice much, <laughs> it would be Grant <laughs> Right Now, you know, Caleb on and he needs to get back out there. But there's, there's plenty of time, you know, and, 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 and these guys stay in shape all year. So camp's not like what it was back in the day when you got to get back in shape. So <clears throat> there's no reason to press the, uh, the panic button there. And I think O was right when he said uh, – you know, if there was ever a good time for Joe to be hurt and miss a couple of practices, it, w- it was now, so they can get Brennan in there with the first team when it's still a far way out from um, from the opener. But, um, you know, they don't they don't really let you watch practice here, so basically all the guys do is take a role when they go to practice. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, the pass offense is going to be pretty good this year with Joe Burrow coming back and with Ensmear. Coming back, you know, there's some continuity. And an interesting thing O said after the scrimmage Saturday is that he was happy to see the defense play well in the scrimmage because they were getting sliced up during the week by Joe Burrow.
0: Joe Burrow slicing up this LSU defense, that kind of, I guess, uh, pretends well for what may happen this regular season. You mentioned the offense. We're going to see a new one. I kind of believe that too, Glenn, because I don't think they're 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 going through you know hours of practice time with this new offense just to fool the media, right? I mean, this is something that, gosh darn it's actually going to happen this year. This this new LSU offense we've been dreaming for for the last decade, decade and a half.
1: You know, I, I don't think the offense is going to be that new. I think it'll be better than that. It'll be good. You know, that, that's that's the key thing that an offense needs to be, and especially an LSU pass offense. It just needs to be good. It doesn't have to be different. I mean, LSU people have been talking about the spread like it's a new offense. LSU was running the spread in 2001 with Rohan Davey. You know, Jimbo Fisher ran some spread at LSU. They've been running spread for years. Now, if they do it a little differently, okay, but none of that matters. You know, maybe they ran the spread under Jefferson and Jennings. It, it, It didn't work. You know, I think what matters about this year is that Joe Burrow is a good quarterback, and for the first time in ten years, they have the same starting quarterback and same offensive coordinator from the year before. You know, and Ensminger did a really good job with Burrow last year, after just getting him in June. By the end of the season, they they had a pretty good offense going with Burrow running and passing. So now he's had him for the whole year in spring. And uh, I think they're going to be pretty good, but it's not going to be because of Joe Brady or some new offense. It's going to be because of Burrow
0: and Ensmick. I've always thought that you mentioned staff continuity. I, thought I always thought that was underrated on the college level. And it seems like Coach Joe, very familiar, very comfortable with the guys he actually has on the staff. Now I know there's so much talk about Brady, but Glenn, I always thought it was the guys who actually are coming back, especially Dave Aranda, some of the other assistants that's, more important than Joe Brady was. Sounds like you might kind oh, of agree no there.
1: Question. Oh, yeah, no question. I, I think, you know, LSU has been so they, – they, they've had so much trouble with the pass offense that they just cling to something new every summer. And, uh, you know, two summers ago it was Matt Canada. And then, you know, that, that blew up. So, you know, if he'd have been given a chance, maybe he, he could have done better. Uh, and then and then last year, you know, they were all excited about Joe Burrow and, and, and uh, not having camp. Now, this year, it's all Joe Brady, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you. They, they need some continuity on offense, particularly the pass offense, and, and they finally have it with uh, Burrow and Ensminger, you know. I mean, every year it's been a different quarterback. Um, and And the last year they had a really good quarterback was 2013, with Zach Mettenberger because he had started in 2012 and started to gain ground late in the season, particularly the Alabama game in 12. Now Burrow, you know, he really got good later in the season. Now he's back for 2013. So that's why they're going to be good on the pass offense, regardless of how many guys they have wide or how much they throw to the tight end. They're going to be good because the quarterback's good.
0: Let's talk to Glenn Gilbo covers LSU for the Gannett, Louisiana, and USA Today here on The Last Lab. And Glenn, we know Burrow's only going to be as good as – well, he's, he's protected, right? I've heard some pretty good things about the offensive line. We know is anchoring that in the middle. Uh, I've heard good stuff about Adrian McGee, even Austin Dekelis uh, this year. He had his problems both at camp and then in game action that he saw previously. How's that offensive line in your mind shaping out?
1: Yeah, so Sadiq Charles is a, is a good left tackle, but, you know – um they, um, I think they could be a decent offensive line, but you know, I don't see any first-rounders on this offensive line. But, see, that's another thing. Burrow is not as dependent on a good offensive line as, say, Mettenberger was because he can really run. And, uh, and the thing I do like that Brady and Ensminger are trying to do is, you know, they're going to try to get rid of the ball fast, which is right out of the Saints. Um, so that'll help even if their line is not that good, because uh, you know they don't have an offensive line that can line up with the Alabamas and the Clemson's. Maybe they can line up with most of the other teams on their schedule this year, but you know they're going to have to get crafty and have some finesse. And Burrow's going to have to be a dual action threat, and, and that's what he was, particularly against A and M last
0: year. How good's John Emory get at beagling?
1: Well, I, I think he's going to be very good. I, I think he's probably going to be the starter before too long. You know, there's there's a lot of talk about Clyde Edwards. He's having a good camp, they say. But um, I, I think you're mainly going to see John Emery at tailback this year.
0: It's amazing that we're talking about that group. You mentioned Edwards-Solaire. Uh, Chris Curry, we'll see about him. Uh, even uh, Leonard Fournette is in that group. Last year we were talking, I was talking to Mike Scarborough about this last week, seemed to be kind of like, oh boy, doom and gloom with that group. So much depth, right, Glenn, this year? I mean, there's a handful of guys that are going to see carry C actions this year.
2: Well,
1: yeah, but it's not going to be more than two. You know, I think it's going to be John Emery and one other guy. And, and that might be Clyde Edwards or, or it could be somebody else.
0: Maybe Price, uh, uh, Davis Price?
1: possibly um you know that's summer talk when you start hearing about four and five uh running backs playing and you start hearing about two deep offensive line usually it doesn't happen that way but um they do you know last year they were okay at at running back Nick Bursette and Clyde Edwards they were serviceable in my opinion I think they've gonna you're gonna see a step up in, in quality this year with with emory you know he's a little closer to geist and Fournette, though he's not you know he's not there yet
0: all right glenn you've covered this team for a very long time the expectations here not just locally nationally they're in the top eight everywhere top six and some everybody has them as a playoff contender you buying it
1: i do i do um you know i usually don't buy a lot of things during the summer but um I think that, uh, particularly because of, uh, of Burrow, and they're returning a very good defense. Aranda, you know, is entrenched there. You know, this is his fourth year at LSU. They have talent at wide receiver. They have, they they have elite talent everywhere on the field, except the offensive and defensive lines. The defensive lines, better than the offensive line, is pretty good. You know, an offensive line could be could be solid, but I mean, I think they have enough to lose less than three games this year, which would be the first time since since 2011. I, I think they're they're going to be on the cusp, of maybe making the playoffs. They're going to be right there. I think they'll lose two or less. I, I think they have a very good chance of winning every one of their games except Alabama.
0: Glenn, I always love talking to you, man. Uh, You're bringing the most uh, objective, level-headed coverage to this program, I think. Anybody I talk to, uh, really appreciate it, and thanks for coming on again tonight. All
1: right, thank you. I enjoyed it.
0: All right, Glenn Gilbo at LSU Beat Tweet on Twitter. Please give him a follow. And like I said, I always like the people who are the most level-headed, the most objective about any of the sports teams' programs that we cover, and I really mean that about Glenn. He's that for LSU and LSU football. 504-260-1870. That's the phone number. Our text line is seventy eight seventy. Let's Before we go to break, let's go ahead and give Joe in Mandeville a shot here. Joe, Joe, you're going to apologize for trying to call me out on air last week when you were wrong?
2: Was I right?
0: You you were wrong. You were saying Jamal Adams wasn't a top-ten pick, and then he hung up on me. He was. He was pick six.
2: No, you kept saying he was four, and I said he was not four. Okay. But anyway, let me get to this point real quick. It's very important. Gilbo keeps bringing up about Joe Burrow's improvement in the last half of the season. Did you look at the games? It's against Rice. Arkansas A and M, which you lost, and UCL with a backup quarterback. Okay, is that an improvement as a quarterback? I don't think so. I mean, it was compared to the midseason top ten quarterback.
0: Top ten in what? Top ten in the SEC? Yeah. Top ten in the country? No, I agree with you there.
2: (laughs) It was said that he was a top ten quarterback in the country. He's not even top five in the SEC.
0: Well, hold on. Who said that? I didn't hear. I didn't. I didn't hear Glenn Gilbo say that. I heard Glenn say he's a very good quarterback. I didn't, did, did Glenn say that? I miss in that interview, where Glenn said top ten in the country? Come on.
2: Not on this show. On another station. Well, he,
0: I'm. I'm only going to hold uh, Glenn to what he writes about and says on the show. Come on, you can't take shots at my guests like that, Joe. You got to bring facts here. You got to show me exactly and bring the audio to that one.
2: Yeah, nobody will let me talk to Gilbo. Because he's out there promoting Joe Burrow, and there's nothing to bring home about it. Come on, look at the last four games. He against Rice.
0: Surely you're going to be do it. It's are Joe. It's facts. I, don't, you're arguing, I think we're on the same side of this argument. I don't think Joe Burrow is a top 10 quarterback in the country. And I've written stuff and done shows trying to tamp down the hype here on Burrow, but I didn't have any problem with what Glenn Gilbo said on this interview, on this station. Did you disagree with anything he said about Joe Burrow tonight? Yeah. He's hyping him. He said he's going to be a better quarterback than he was last year, that he's going to be a competent quarterback for LSU. You don't think he's going to be competent? You don't think he's going to be better than last year? Uh, we'll see. I, well, I guess we'll see, Joe. I guess we'll see. I pulled up his game logs, and, yeah, the last four game uh, four games, it's been much talked about. The 10 touchdowns, one interception, but I'm looking at his rating over the last four weeks. looks like it was about 182. His completion percentage during that time was in the mid 60s. I mean it was. It was Arkansas Rice, Texas A&M and yeah, UCF in that New Year's Bowl game. I don't I mean, I have talked about a lot his struggles in the four games in the middle of the season and why it does concern me, but look, come on, Joe. That's that's now now you're being unfair. I think I am as fair to you as any host on this station. I love when you call. I like the contradictory talk. But if you're just on the Joe Burrow hate wagon, I don't know why you're on that. I can see why you're not on like the Joe Burrow for Heisman wagon. But come on. But I appreciate the call, Joe. Five zero four two six zero one eight seventy. Text line is eight seventy eight seventy. Coach Joe coming up in about fifteen minutes. Also, as the last lap continues on WWL. Talked a little LSU. We'll hear from Coach O in about 10 minutes or so. Saints, though, they're heading to Los Angeles later this week. Wednesday, they're going to be taking off and going to L.A. It's going to be a nice break for those players. Getting out of the humidity, going to the West Coast. Weather's going to be 90, no humidity. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. Sean Payton certainly can't wait for it. All the players we talked to today also said they can't wait for it. And Payton's pretty comfortable practicing with his buddy, uh, Anthony Lynn, the coach for the Chargers, doing it again, going to Los Angeles. They were there last year. Says, yeah, we're comfortable doing this again this year. i one of the better teams in the league again. That's why I can't wait to see what happens at practice and more hear about it because I'm not going to be there. And then also in the game. But more the practice. And that's what every player said. They've probably been coached to say that because Sean Payton said it too, that practices are just as or more important than the actual game we're going to see on Sunday. Here's Payton on that. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little bit more difficult. It's Watch what happens and all the news coming out from the practices on Thursday and Friday. Zach Streif, Deuce McAllister, Steve Geller will be there. We'll have all that coverage for you online at WWL.com and, of course, on our shows, Sports Soccer from 4 to 8, and then right here on the last lap from 8 to 11. Today's training camp sound and... Uh, Bites have been brought to you by the Sound Banking of First American Bank, and banking tradition since 1910. And also our player of the day earlier yeah, was Taysom Hill. Who's going places? Taysom Hill brought to you by Toyota Dealers. Let's go places. Got to take a quick 60-second break for news when we come back. An early edition of Sports Libs. And then it's Coach O here on the last lap uh glenn gilbo just texted us saying uh in fact joe burrow and christian fulton did indeed practice today that uh, he misspoke so there you go joe burrow back in that yellow jersey today at lsu practice seth dunlap logan falgus behind the glass and a little game we like to play every day on the show sports libs kind of like mad libs you got some topics i haven't seen these before Logan's going to throw some sentences at me. we got to fill in the blank together. I want to know how you fill in these blanks. Text us at 87870, and I'll read some of these after we get done. All right, Logan, what you got? All right, first up, we have impressed Friday during the pre-season. Wait, say that again, blank. Impressed Dan Arnold, you can't do that. And I'm not trying to take unwarranted shots at a guy who really wasn't even supposed to make the roster last year, and he did, and he was playing some important minutes. But when you fail to make a catch in the NFC Championship game that could have sent the team to the Super Bowl, I'm not blaming the loss on him. There's lots of reasons for it, namely Bill Vinovich's crew. And then you come back in the first game action after that, you bobble a pass that turns into a pick six. The opportunities for you to make this roster again are diminishing, especially with Jared Cook and Josh Hill squarely on this roster Marcus Davenport it's unfair to judge him after 19 snaps I just pointed out what we saw we didn't see much of anything in the game haven't seen much at all in practice but let's see Marcus Davenport against a good offensive line what our guest just told us earlier in Los Angeles let's see what he does Got to start seeing something here. Got to start seeing something from Marcus Davenport. I think he'll be fine. but We haven't seen much. Tune out the media. If I was Marcus Davenport's agent, his friend, his PR rep, if I was a coach of his, here's what I'd tell him, and I'd be very honest. Marcus, I want you to delete your Twitter, delete your Facebook, delete your Instagram Instagram. Get off of social media. Don't check out anything there. Don't check out the local papers. Certainly don't listen to local radio. Tune all that out because you've spoken about the media twice in your press conferences. These expectations that you've talked about seem to be weighing on you. Tune that out. That, I think, would be an incredible step for him. It's impossible to get away from from a guy who's, what, 21, 22 years old. I get it. It's the world that we all live in now. But I think he'd he'd benefit from – Unplugging completely as much as you can in today's world, anyway. All right, next Hmm. I'm going to say memorable. And I don't know if it's going to be good memorable or bad memorable. I just, I've said this before, I just have a feeling they're going to do special things. Wind up in that college football playoff, maybe even here in the Superdome playing for a national championship, or things are going to go haywire. They lose to Texas. Maybe they lose a couple of midseason games. Then they lose to Alabama. You're talking about an eight win team, something like that, and people are going to freak out and it'll be memorable for the wrong reasons. I just have a feeling that this season is not going to go as planned. It's not going to be a 10, a nine, 10 win season and a bowl win. Something's going to happen, good or bad. Beating up on a really good team in the AFC, beat up on the Chargers. I think they are. Everybody we talked to today said they were focused on Los Angeles. So focus on beating up the Chargers, man. Let's do that. Could be a Super Bowl preview. SportsLips done. It's in the books. There you go. Texas at 870, 870, and let us know what you got there. Yeah, it could be a Super Bowl preview. I'm going to have all this coverage for you at WWL.com over the next couple of days. Remember, Houdat Nation, get ready for the official Houdat Nation Rally and Music Festival Friday, September 6th, Saturday, September 7th, and Sunday, September 8th. It's good food, great music, and big-time family fun on the grounds of the Jefferson Performing Arts Center in Metairie. Listen to this lineup that they'll have for you. The guess who... The Family Stone, Lost Boy Ramblers, George Porter Jr. Oh, one of my favorite concerts randomly that I went to when I first got to New Orleans, still is one of my favorites, is just sitting down and listening to George Porter play. It's incredible. Cowboy Mouse gonna be there, plus a special tribute Friday night honoring Dr. John Art Neville, Alan Toussaint, Fats and All the Legends that we've lost here in New Orleans. Irma Thomas, Deacon Jones, Renard Poche, and others will also perform there. Get your tickets now for the official Who Dat Rally and Music Fest presented by Bud Light. Also at WWL Saints fans, you're a VIP to us and I want you to experience the new Saints VIP tailgate at Benson Tower. You can listen to sports talk every weekday during training camp to win yourself a pair of tickets, and here's what you get with that. Three hours before kickoff, before Saints home games, it's all you can eat and drink. Premium open bar, who doesn't like that? Delicious buffet from Food Network celebrity chef Aaron May. And as a bonus, as the marasino cherry on top of this Saints Sunday, you get myself, you get Steve Court, you get fans' first take out there. You can party with me, but more you don't want to party with the former Saints offensive lineman, Steve Court. Yeah, we're going to be out there every home game this season at Benson Tower. It's going to be incredible right by Champion Square, steps from the Superdome. We know that. It doesn't get better than this, folks. You can listen to Sports Talk every day with Bobby, Deuce, and Christian during training camp, and then when you hear Cam Jordan's cue to call in, you do just that at the numbers they give you. That's the new Saints VIP tailgate at Benson Tower from our partners at BullseyeEventsGroup.com and Saints Radio wwl AM, FM. And .com. And just a note here, and you should know this, game tickets not included here. But like I've been saying on my show, even if you don't have tickets to the game, what better way to come party and then go to your favorite water and hold back home and host your own tailgate party? It's pretty cool. Here is a text from uh, the 504 saying that uh, I shouldn't be against, and this was a very long text, saying that I shouldn't have been against the The lawsuit against the NFL, well, I'll tell you why I'm against it, Uh, for the same reason the Saints are against it. I mean, really. If you're going to get mad at me for not supporting this lawsuit that I think is frivolous and a PR stunt, then get mad at the Saints and Sean Payton and Gail Benson because they are actively opposing this in court, and I agree with them. I haven't talked about it at all on my show basically because I do think it's that. I think it's a PR stunt. I think it's frivolous. And I don't think it does the city or the fans any good. It just makes us and I understand we can be petty, and petty's kind of cool sometimes, but this is overly petty. We're gonna take a break when we come back, Coach Joe right here on The Last Lap. You could spend the weekend
2: doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.